Hello, 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 everybody. Episode two, we're back for the podcast that shall not be named. Stevie P, how are you? Yeah, well, well, busy. Uh, pretty ridiculous weekend of sport. Um, and, and I think that this coming weekend is going to be even better because we've got some Six Nations stuff like that. We've got Bafana Bafana kicking off in like less than two hours time, which is all very exciting. So, yeah, I think uh, I feel like 2024 is like officially really underway when it comes to the sporting, sporting world. It's, you know, when I start struggling to be able to watch everything, you know that things are, are back to normal. Yeah, it's always the conundrum. It's a good one to have. We do love having too much sport to watch, but you know, trying to squeeze in highlights between mm. you know the the daily nine to five struggle is real. Um, but again, a good problem to have. Um, but yeah, we've got a very action-packed show um, for you all today. We're going to be starting with, as Stevie said, a bit of the Six Nations rugby. Um, a little bit little bit of a review on the um, full contact um, Netflix series of last year's Six Nations. A um, couple predictions on who the winner will be, wooden spoon MVPs. We're going to touch on Bafana. We're going to touch on um, the Australian Open. Um, and, you know, is the Djokovic reign over? Then we're going to finish off with a whole bunch of cricket that's been happening. The SA20 West Indies. Um, win in Australia, England win in India, um, and then of course South Africa taking on New Zealand in New Zealand at the end of the week. But first of all, Stevie, Six Nations this weekend, as you said, it feels like that is just the big one that's always been on the sporting calendar beginning at the end of Jan, beginning of Feb. Yeah, look, biggest, biggest rugby tournament in, in, in the world, really, outside the World Cup for me. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it gets bigger. I mean, for, for the year, this is the rugby highlight. Um, obviously, you've got alternations, you've got the rugby championship, and you've got some, some very nice tours in the mid. But I think Six Nations as a tournament, and, and I think Full Contact, we'll talk a little bit about it, obviously sort of shows some of why um, you know, it's, it's so cool. I think maybe doesn't encapsulate the entire tournament to maybe the full extent but i love the six nations i think you know it's 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 not just the rugby it's like it's the occasion you know it's you look at the millennium stadium with the flamethrowers full bands choirs the the roof being closed the the fans and the i mean it's, and it's always like set out it's like it's one of the most difficult things to get tickets for is the six nations so it doesn't get better than this and for six nations to be starting with a france versus ireland game is is mental so yeah i mean if, we, yeah. if you look at the fixtures weekend france versus ireland italy versus england wales versus scotland um very very cool fixtures very cool way to start as if you've got a millennium stadium game up front which is uh, always always a treat um so yeah so scotland the big i think the big thing obviously is uh before we talk about this week this year's nations we talked about the fact that we would do a bit of a full contact review um, I must confess to having had a pretty hectic last week, and I've only watched one episode. <laughs> having said that, it was the Finn Russell episode, so I feel like I've watched everything I've needed to watch, to, to be perfectly honest. Um, Happy to put it down. Close that book. Yeah, we've done it. We've, I mean, what, who else are you, who's else going to top that, you know? Um, but you've watched two episodes, Messy I believe. Of rugby. So that, yeah, well, this is the thing. So without giving too many spoilers alert, uh, what's, what has been the initial thoughts of, of some of the stuff that we've seen on, on Full Contact? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the whole, um, you know, sports documentaries are just coming, I'm thick and fast, and, and I'm here for it. And, you know, Six Nations, as you said, biggest, at least annual rugby tournament in the world. Um, no doubt about it. Um, 
very excited. It was interesting. They took a different approach. They didn't really explain the rules of rugby. So clearly mm. just going, you know, the, the, like other ones in Formula One and in tennis, they're explaining, you know, for example, what a serve is or, you know, how a pit lane works. I guess Formula One's a bit more complex um, than rugby, but they kind of just went straight into it mm. um, and diving into a couple interesting characters. Yeah, I really liked um, the episode with um, Finn Russell. You know, his, his kind of... Um, arrogant nature that he goes about um you know both training and the game is you know great to see from behind the scenes um but also really good to kind of get an insight into that into that england squad um and i think it's going to be very interesting to see like as the um series progresses i've actually only watched like two and a half episodes also just trying to squeeze it in but i'm all here for it it's been it's been really good so far yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that for me, what frustrates me with rugby is I think that we, there aren't enough personalities. You know, you look at, you know, football and how it's always debating the best players, who are the best players, different eras, for example, comparing eras. And I think we do that to a certain degree in, in, uh, in, in rugby and stuff like that, but I'd love to see more personalities come through. You know, I feel like we're far more team-based, far more nation-based in sort of the rugby discourse than in other sports and I'd really like to see more individualism coming into rugby and, and that's why I love the characters of the game you know your your Finn Russells for example these days you know your Sia Khaleesi's back of the day your Danny Cipriani's Quaid mm-hmm. Coopers those sort of controversial yeah. players who who ruffled feathers but you know they were fun to watch there was always a bit of drama around there's always there was always something about them and and I'm hoping that you know with full contact and these kind of series is that you can attract people to not only want to watch the spring box but one to watch individuals um as a, as a different yeah. sort of way to sell the game because that's what drives survival i think is basically all, all about it's about you know creating those stories and creating that sort of fandom around the individuals rather than just for example yeah. a team i think drive survivors probably produced people who are fans of the drivers rather than just fans of the teams uh, and I think yeah. this is a different way of doing it. You know, very different to um, Chasing the Sun, which dives into 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 some of the stories yeah. of the players, but the entire documentary is so focused on the team and how they did it as a yeah, team. The whereas I think this, written, yeah. yeah, the ways I think yeah. this is far more individual based, uh, which I'm really enjoying because I think it's really cool to see the the men behind, uh, you know, the teams and stuff like that. So I've really enjoyed that kind of sort of concept, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to sort of see how, how, how it sort of plays out and, and what the reaction is going to be going and how things do change the way you look at rugby. Mm, for sure. Well, let's, to begin with, let's start with a little high-level overview. Obviously, last year, Ireland winners, runners-up, um, France, um, Ireland taking it in a clean sweep there, no losses. Um, predictions for this year, let's go. How about a winner, wooden spoon, and MVP? Uh, so I think it's uh, Ireland's to lose. Uh, I do think that despite a few injuries across the board, uh, look at the end of the day, I think he wins on Friday, wins the Six Nations. So I suppose from that perspective, maybe it's a bit frustrating because the, you know the entire Six Nations could be in a very commerce to start already on Friday. But what we do know with Six Nations is that it loves to throw up a bit of an upset. And I think we've just got so many unknowns in we've got no idea what England's going to be like. Uh, we have no idea what Wales is going to be like. I don't think they'll be yeah. particularly competitive given our young and, and experienced squad is. But they've got just, uh, just what, yeah. Yeah, but they've got Warren Gatlin, those, you know, who, who can make any side competitive yeah. quite quickly. That's that's what he does. Uh, the Scotland side continues to never really have the respect it kind of deserves. You know, you look back at the World Cup and it's easy to not remember them because they were in the group of death. 
but they 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 are still a quality uh, top side. They went. I mean, they went into that World Cup as the fifth as the fifth best team in the world, and 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 deservedly so as well. Third best team in Europe. Yeah, third third best team in the north. So and yet and yet and yet yet, when do you go into the World Cup and think Scotland are contenders? I mean, uh, Six Nations. You never do. Yeah. No, there's no one that got. there's no one that got done more dirty than Scotland in that in the draw from last year, um, and they had a good campaign um, at the Six Nations last year. They were they were in it until the last two weeks. I think, um, I think they were the only. I don't think they ever got beaten by more than about it was like eight or nine points. Um, you know, they, yeah. they, I think they were the closest to beating Ireland if you look at it from a points margin. Um, mm. They were never ever thrashed or or completely outplayed last year. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo um, your thoughts, or maybe maybe I'll, I'll. It's so hard to see that that France team, what it is like without Dupont. We had a little glimpse of it at the World Cup, but even just in the South Africa game when he was back, I mean, how just good are France with Dupont, and how good is Dupont? And obviously, him not being there is just. Um, what holes that going to leave? But in the same breath, what holes Johnny Sexton um, going to yeah. leave in that in that Irish team? Um, so I, I, I'll go against you then, Stevie. I, I'll take I'll take um, I'll take France as my, as my winners then um, for the Six Nations this year. Well, also first game at the start of France. Yeah, I don't think that's outrageous. To be fair. Um, I think I think I mean like, for example Maxime Lucci is a phenomenal scrum off, um, so they've got that depth. Um, yeah. How much do you think France need to win this to prove that this French side, which is supposed to be generational, is in fact generational? Well, they both these teams have got a point to prove, right? And they're both pissed off that they're every, you know you hear the England fans are we third best in the world, third best in the world? It's like First of all, like, you know, classic. On paper, sure you are, but, mm. you know, <laughs> everyone knows the, the reality, and that's that France and Ireland are superior rugby teams. They just had um, stuck on the wrong side of the World Cup draw. So they also have a French team who's looking to, I mean, the French team, as much as they're looking to prove a point, so does the Irish team. They're the ones who couldn't beat the quarterfinal streak and, and still have not got to a semifinal of a World Cup. So... I mean, they're the last two winners of the Six Nations, so it's almost like, okay, well, who was really meant to win the World Cup, right? And that's kind of, you know, at the Stade de France, maybe this is the World Cup final that we were meant to see. I mean, I sure hope it will be a a game with that that much glitz and glamour, but maybe with the amount of freedom they'll have, I think they're going to be going absolute hammer and tong. Yeah, no, I think it's. I think we're in for. I mean, I'm doing the watch long, and I cannot wait to. I think it's gonna be the perfect way to get the international season going. Um, but I'm very interested to see, as you, as we mentioned, you know, potentially new scrum half, flower half combinations, um, a couple, not too many uh, uh, new faces in in the Ireland squad, a couple of big calls in the French squad, a couple of very big lads. You know, talks that uh, Jack France. Jack Crowley gonna be yeah. the, the the biggest one, right? Yeah, well, Jack Crowley, you know, talks about Harry Byrne potentially. Um, there's, there's, there's opportunity. France apparently could name the first ever one-ton pack. They've got the personnel to actually be able to, to do that, and it wouldn't actually oh, wow. be that outrageous of a pack. You know, it would actually be a pack that kind of would make sense on paper. So, you know, that kind of prospect as, as rugby continues to get more and more physical. Um, so it's a nice sort of uh, 
elements to that to that 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 first game. Elsewhere, mm. I mean, I think I saw something today that Italy have sold 120,000 tickets so far for their home games in the Six Nations. Um, wow. So you know, packed Olympico Stadium this weekend at Rome. Uh, this Italian side. Italian rugby is, is going through its revolution, and, and, I, and I get banned a lot on the fan forum, but, you know, I'm so bored of, of rugby only consisting of New Zealand, South Africa, and even then people like Ben France and Ireland and stuff like that. You know, I, I, it's, it's so boring. Rugby is such a small ecosystem, you know. Football, there's so many yeah. different aspects to it, and, and you know, even cricket, there's so many different leagues and tournaments that we kind of support that I always think that rugby, international rugby, it's so boring if you sit there and say, well, if number one to four aren't playing, it's, 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 there's nothing to, to, to get excited about. Yeah. Um, and also we need the minnows, you know. I mean, to, to, to call Italy minnows when you think that they're always, you know, they're around 10, 11th in the world. In any other sport, 10th mm. and 11th in the world are not considered minnows, you know. They're considered maybe yeah. sort of the next no, best no, thing, yeah. but it's, it shows you how small yeah. the rugby ecosystem is. Um, yeah. But their youngsters have had a really good few years. You know, they've consistently beat England quite a lot, actually, in under sort of 20, 16, stuff like that. So they've had a really good few few years. And I think we're starting to still see that filter up. So I'd like to see them take the next big step. Uh, I don't think we're going to see them, you know, winning too many games moving forward. But again, you know, they'll, they'll target that Wales, that Wales game. They'll look to try and give England a bit of a scare. Um, so I would like to see them take mm. steps forward. I'm very yeah. interested to see the approach that England are going to take. You know, there's so many different sort of yeah, aspects I, of the Six Nations. I think it's, I mean, Borthwick's got his hands full because there's actually, a, there's a lot of talent coming through those England ranks. And, mm. you know, the the likes of, you know, Ollie Lawrence just playing out of his socks. There's just these players that kind of just are looking for a platform to shine. And we saw Borthwick's tactics kind of not really showing that. And I'm not sure if not allowing it is, is the right way of putting it. But... You know, is he going to just allow them to be expensive? You you would assume that Marcus Smith is now starting at ten. Now it's guaranteed. You know, Owen Farrell's not there. I think George. Well, Ward is, and then, is Mar- injured, and, but so. then Marcus it's Marcus Smith. No, Marcus Smith is injured. He left today in crutches of training yesterday. Is he? So he's in. He's oh, a big no. doubt. So now it's about George Ford. Is he going to fit your play? Finn Smith, for example, George Furbank. So that's a big sort of big question mark. Who will play ten? For England when they announced wow. their team. I mean, going from three fly half to zero, hey? Who would have thought? Didn't think England would have, have a shortage there. Um, but uh, not to give any um, spoilers away from, from full contract, but, but episode two does follow the, the Zimbabwean born Italian rugby player, Sebastian, the bus, Bastian Negri. Yeah. Um, and just to touch on it, it's always so funny just watching some South Africans on reality TV. Hey? Well, yeah. not South Africans, maybe South, Southern Africans rather. It's just I just struggle to to take take them very seriously. But um, no. I mean, is you know you know, you know exactly the type of person. You know who they are. You know we know we we know we know hundreds of them. <laughs> Too many. Um, but I think I, I'm all for it. I, I people are saying that England I think are going to be great. I still don't think that that could have World Cup. They almost beat South Africa, which would have obviously made it phenomenal. But I, I don't I think they're coming fourth. I don't think they're doing that well this thing. I think they might I think they're gonna squeeze it out versus Italy, but um I I don't think they are coming. People are people are even saying winners for England. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see I'm I don't really see where they get that, that kind of way. confidence. Yeah, I must have been I'm with you. You know, you've got new new scrum house, for example. Um, you know, it's Young's retiring, you know, their most experienced player ever yeah. is gone. Owen Farrell. Yeah. 
You know, they're one of the most experienced players, ever, yeah. one of their best players ever, not around. They some big names. The scrum's uh, a bit of a mess. Yeah. yeah, you know, life after sort of like Cordy Laws, for example. There's there's a big no Joe Marchant, Ollie Lawrence potentially also in. Who's going to be though. their captain actually? Who's their captain? Uh, have they announced the for uh, for the actual? Because you'd think it'll be Courtney Laws. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot of talent there. But I think given give give them a oh, couple seasons, George, I think they'll be stupid. ready. It's Jamie, it's Jamie George. I do know it. It's oh, Jamie yeah, George. Yeah. Jamie George. Yeah. He's the yeah. right call. But yeah, New I captain mean, as well. Yeah, and then Wales Scotland. I mean, that's going to be phenomenal at the Principality. Yeah, I mean, any any game at the Principality for me, such a bucket list stadium to go to. Yeah. One of my probably potentially yeah. even at the top. Um, yeah. And was, especially, was, and especially um, the, the sort of the cultic games as well, you know, that the, the, the games between, you know, the Wales, Scotland, uh, England, for yeah. example, that kind of rivalry is also just such an... Yeah. I also really like... That. That's what I also love about this, the, 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 uh, the Six Nations is you've got, like, the Calcutta Cup. You've got all these sort of different mini trophies as well, which mean a lot yeah. to these teams as well, you know, probably a lot more than, you know, and, not, not to be a person, but like the Freedom Trophy for the Springbok stuff. And, you know, I don't think we really yeah. care about it. It's far more significant for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, the bragging rights is huge, you know, that yeah. like, you know, we, we don't have a bunch of New Zealanders and Australians on our on our doorstep, so we can't, you know, big them up on a Monday morning. Mm. These guys are, they, they, they're surrounded by one another. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was fortunate enough to go watch at the Principality earlier this when the Springboks visited, and I've never been so pissed off that it was a perfectly sunny, nice summer's day, and the roof was open. It was yeah. just I all, all I wanted. I wanted it to be grim. It must be pouring with rain, dark, and I want that's cold, how I want the like, But yeah, yeah, cold. Just you know, Wales, just proper Wales. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch the, the the renaissance of of Wales rugby. I mean, they had a good World Cup. Um, I mean, that I think it was a thirty four nil win versus Australia. Yeah, Wild. I was there. Hamilton, um, one of the one of the best times of it. I mean, it such a cool game to be at watching that Wales side. Yeah, pitch up and 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 yeah. take a go. The youngest, I mean, really twenty-one year old, a twenty-one year old captain. You know, Daft Jenkins, yeah. youngest Welsh captain Maybe. ever. Yeah, so he could have been playing for England as well. Yeah, this is, this and, 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 and for those who who watched the young the, the young South Africans had that phenomenal moment at Shithousey where he decided to go and get a get a get a water bottle into from the South African uh, huddle and walk yeah. into the middle and grabbed which 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 didn't go down very well, but. Yeah, love love somebody's got a bit yeah, of shithousery in them. So so big big ups yeah, to him. Absolutely. Yeah, well well I think we're gonna um move on from the Six Nations, but we're gonna come back towards and we're gonna Steve, we're gonna make some predictions for um this weekend's winners. Um and then and then we'll we'll, we'll finish off our, our wooden spoon and MVP at the end of the episode. Um so do stay tuned for that. But as you mentioned, in an hour and twenty minutes, Bafana Bafana Playing Morocco this evening in the AFCON round of 16. Um, you know, th- this is a Morocco team that's only conceded one goal this um, this whole AFCON in a 1-1 draw versus DRC. Um, in theory, from the World Cup, the fourth best team in the world. I mean, we saw how good their defense was, um, you know, at that World Cup. Just absolutely resolute, you know, kind of really the most showing the most heart in their sleeve um what are our 
What are our thoughts for this evening, Stevie? Do we have a chance? Have we been written off by the general public? What are your thoughts? I like he said written off by the general public as if, you know, there's, there's a guarantee that we haven't written them off. Um, but Fada, but Fada, I mean, we, 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 you know, we just don't know, do we? Um, had a good game against the movie. Well, first of all, let's, let, let's celebrate us getting through, right? Yeah, yeah, no, we true, said, yeah, we, we, we said, you said 1-0, no, I said 2-0. No. A 0-0 zero, zero is all it needed. Yeah, and, and, but I suppose that summed that up, didn't it, you know? Um, the problem is we, we struggled to score goals. Um, we might have scored some against Namibia, but uh, we struggled to score goals. And we're playing against a team that doesn't concede goals. So it's not a good combination. Um, and the problem is, you know, South African sports teams over the years, various sports teams, you look at the women's sides, you look at Banyana Banyana, for example, you look at the Springboks, even the Proteas, and take away a World Cup. We've had so many shock results and those massive, like, inspirational performances. When was the last time we saw Bufana Bufana with an inspirational performance? You know, one where they've been written yeah. off and they rise up and they just silence all the haters and give that reason yeah. to be really excited. It's been, mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I've grown up not even, I don't think I can remember one myself. Probably the biggest one was the 1-1 one, one draw against Mexico in the World Cup. You know, I don't even count that yeah, French win because they were basically playing against the French backroom staff who were busy fight, having fist fights during <laughs> half time. You know, it was. Hey, like, hey, hey, we don't complain. Also, yeah, the biggest stitch up in World Cup hosting history having Mexico, France, and Uruguay in a group. But let's not go there. Um, no, I think agreed. I think um, there's quiet optimism, and people are desperate, and we know how much people can get behind oh, yeah. sport when the African team when we can when they make us start believing and i think if we win tonight everyone knows um we aren't favorites but i think that favors us i think we like that a little bit when it's when it's expected of us we often don't perform and that's where our you know lack of belief comes from but i think i think we're um i, I think this team's really solid i think we should have beaten namibia two or three nil I, I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't actually go for that in the end we wouldn't actually be playing morocco now but we didn't really we looked like really solid in defense and i think we're moving around an attack um it's just whether we can crack down this defense and obviously prevent them um from i think really score, scoring early because if they score early they're just going to sit back and it's going to be a yeah. really really difficult one to come back from um but yeah any any score predictions from you there stevie Trying to try if I can bring myself to predict a Pafana win. Uh, I think best case scenario is we can hold them to a nil-nil or one-one, take them to penalties. I think that's that's our best case scenario. Trying to go through. To be perfectly honest, I and think that's not, and win on penalties. Win on penalties are lottery. So yeah, why and why not? You know, if you're going to make a bold prediction, winning on penalties is probably as bold and yet not silly as as I can probably get tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I wanted to say that, but now that you've you've taken that away from me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bafana two one actually. Um, two one. I think we. I think we're actually gonna go two 0 up. Um, I think we're gonna go two 0 up. I mean, if I was, if if I had some money, I'll put I'll put this on. I'll bring back a lot of returns. But I think we're gonna go two 0 up, and I think we're gonna concede, um, and then it's gonna be cagey. Very, yeah. very, very cagey. But one of those nights for Morocco hitting the woodwork, just not quite getting the final touch. Um, and Bafana through to the next round. Um, why not? Well, I mean, I can give you reasons, but let me not. 
<laughs> well, let's leave it at that. And as it stands in the 87th minute, Mali are beating um, Burkina Faso 2-1. I mean, we saw um, last night Ivory Coast um, kicking out the, the And what did we say? At, at firing the coach. And yet yeah, can still go yeah, through. Yeah. And they've hired the coach. And yeah. they've gone through yeah. to the next playoff. Yeah. And they're now through to the quarters. Listen, AFCON is about the players on the pitch. It's just how much, you know, uh, they just don't want to go, go back to that European winter. They yeah. are so happy in Cote d'Ivoire. They're at home. They are like, no, the vibes are far too high here. I want to stay. I mean, the heart well, is these guys and, are and showing. And things as well. Because it's, we all know, we all know how some certain African football unions like, like are, 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 you know, run. And chances are, you know, these guys, if they're not winning this tournament, they're not getting paid. So they basically take an unpaid, yeah. an unpaid leave for the for the month. They're not winning anything. They're getting, <laughs> yeah. they're getting nothing. So these guys are like, listen, guys, if we don't get quarterfinals, semifinals, we're walking away with nothing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's it's just a it's an extension of the of of the vacay. Um, but yeah, I mean, great win for Ivory Coast, as you said, like kind of down and out. Um, Cape Verde punching above their weight. I mean, yeah. a really last kick of the game to for Guinea. So to maybe, be maybe it is the Afcon for the Minnows, and we stand a chance. Bro, bro, I'll tell you about that two-one. Um, but yeah, we'll be checking in next week, and obviously by then we'll uh, we'll have have known the result. Um, at which point we would have also known the um, quarterfinal result. So I'll see you when we're in the semi-finals, Timmy. All right, there we go. Hey. Um... So, so semi-final, yeah. but I'll be wearing my performance shirt. How about that? Okay, so you'll see me in my performance shirt next week, Tuesday. Semi-final ready. Good, I'm ready. Um, and moving on to um, the tennis, which just finished, the Australian Open, which we didn't touch on last week, but it is finished. And Yannick Sinner wins his first ever Grand Slam in five sets. First of all, I'm so happy that five-set tennis final is back i mean we yeah. saw that amazing one it's just there's nothing worse than a than a three-setter yeah. in a final but yeah beating what, final well. what a final i mean going going down six three six three and winning the following three sets six four six four six three i mean unbelievable um probably from the least italian italian man that is um alive on this planet earth um, I didn't know they made gingers out there, but hey, who am I to kind of make the rules? Um, but Stevie, a big one, obviously, um, Jock getting knocked out in, in the semifinals. Do you think there's a decline there at all? Is the Jock reign over? We've been waiting for the young guns to start taking yeah, over. We finally saw generation. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we finally saw Alcaraz beat him in that Wimbledon final at the end of last year. And we've been seeing one or two people, Medvedev being one of them, kind of stick up their hand, although he's probably not that young anymore. Um, are the new generation finally taking over? Well, we've been waiting for it. You know, we've been waiting for the dominance of that, that top, that, you know, the big three and four, if you, if you add in a, a, an Andy Murray, um, who will probably forever be known as the other good guy. Um, but we've been waiting to see that dominance ended. I mean, this this is the first non-Djokovic, Federer, Nadal winner since 2014. Um, that was Stan Wawrinka. If you take him out, the last time a non-top big three winner won this tournament was 2005. So wow. we're talking almost 20, basically, wow. almost 20 years where only one other person won the Australia Open apart from a Federer, Djokovic, um, Nadal. So it's really good to see that dominance 
starting to shift uh, because you know we all grew up watching them and and they are phenomenal. But for me, it was always such a weird debate in terms of does the fact that they're still dominating show how phenomenal they are and maybe they are just the three best tennis players we've ever seen or is it a case mm -hmm. of there's just a really poor generation coming through that these guys can move mm -hmm. them around the court and, and keep thrashing them at 36, 37, 38 years old, 40 years old. Um, so really, really excited to see, first of all, not only that it's... Um, that that Yannick Sinner, you know, first time Grand Slam winner, but he was playing against a you know Medvedev, for example. If we look back, there has been mm -hmm. a slight shift. Uh, if we look back at the last sort of three four years, um, you know, Djokovic going those three in a row, in the, and uh, well, four in the last five, I think it is Nadal there. But if you look at the, at least the the players they were playing, for example, you know, Dominic Thiem's there. Medvedev's been you know always the the bridesmaid, never the bride. It's his third Australian Open final. Uh, has yet to win us um, since the past last season. So it's good to see that we are into the next generation. I mean, I, I'm all in Alcaraz, so especially as a Rafa fan, it's easier to go from one Spaniard to another, especially when he's so likable. <laughs> but yeah, but but I think you know we talk about how young Alvarez is. We're we looking at now Yannick Sinner. You know, we're talking about a 22 year old. So it is good to see that maybe what we had is we had a bit of a lull generation. You know, that kind of missing middle who unfortunately were at their peak at a time where some of the best players ever but now as those older players have now gotten older and and you know they are starting to slow down we seem to have a very young generation of of tennis players coming through ready to say right we're not going to dominate this era for the next 10 years and i'm hoping this is the start of a bit of a changing of the guard and and seeing uh more winners and new winners because uh, we always want to see a new winner when it comes to a grand slam 100 percent. so with that who um or does Djokovic win any Grand Slams this year? Obviously, still three remaining. Um, and if there's anyone else to win a, a, new, a Grand Slam for the first time, who's that going to be? Yeah, it's a difficult one. So, I mean, look, Zverev, maybe Zverev still hasn't made it past the semifinals, apparently. Yeah, uh, he, hasn't I mean, made it, he hasn't played a Grand Slam final. Yeah, I've never been a massive Djokovic fan. Um, I think I can, I, you know, I'm happy to acknowledge him as one of the best players. Uh, I still would never, I don't think I could ever give him the, the title of the greatest. Um, you know, despite having the most Grand Slams, you know, I think it is. Um, I, I, I've always gone back to the fact that I think if Rafa Nadal wasn't as injury played, he would have been well ahead of both of them. But that becomes that comes part of being a great player is being able to stay fit and stuff. Um, so I do think we're moving into uh, an, an Alcaraz uh, era. I'll be very interested to see how Zverev uh, starts to play. I'll be very interested to see if this is the spark of Yannick Sinner, for example. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Rublev. Who's, who's who's climbing up the rankings, sort of a bit of a silent assassin, um, but also not old. You know, I think he's about twenty six odd. Um, so there's some there's some nice young players coming through, uh, and yeah, I just really like to see, you know, that is um, a young Canadian guy, Olga uh, a big big fan. Watch him, watched him a lot. Uh, very yeah. cool player to watch, fun player to watch. Um, you know, I, ironically, I think a lot of people will be quite frustrated that everybody sort of kept waiting for for Kyrgios to sort of take that step up and be the next thing, and, yeah, and now it just I'm, looks like I'm, it's not going to happen. Yeah, he he might it might he might be kind of getting a little bit old and injury prone. I think he's actually starting to care a little bit now. He was actually in the commentary box a little bit. Yeah, I um, a couple of nice so times. Australian Open. Yeah, so I, I mean, I I think. I think he's actually, he's now finally warming up to tennis. I think he cares now. Um, <laughs> I love it. I think, you know, he's not, honestly, he's not I'm desperate. At, at 20 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm desperate for him to win a Grand Slam. I think it will be, 
insane. I mean, he'll be an obnoxious, you know, um, bit of a prick about it, but you know that that's that's his that's his brand, and he's bringing something different to the sport. I mean, when he's playing, you don't switch the TV off, and that's that's just a fact. He's just an absolute freak of nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see the remaining ones. Obviously, um, next up we have Wimbledon. Um, Carlos Alcaraz looking to no, next up's, um, next, up's, next up's French yeah. Open. French Open before Wimbledon. Oh, French Open, of course, Roland Garros. Desperate, desperate, desperate for desperate for Nadal just to be fit. Yeah, I think he's yeah, looking for I mean, that. He's, I think he's looking for that sign of tournament. Um, he, I, think I mean, we did see at the end of Federer's reign, he was kind of just playing Wimbledon's, and I think that's exactly yeah. what now Nadal's doing. I think um, he's. I think he's come that. to terms with the fact. I think his body's giving up on him, and his body's been giving up on him yeah. for years, and he's managed to come back and come back and come back. Uh, I don't think he's got it in him anymore, but I think he's looking for that way to sign off. And I think yeah, he'll look at, at, at Roland Garros and he'll know that that's his best chance. And I think if he gets to a semifinal or a final, I think he'll put his hands up and say, even even maybe even doesn't, but I think that that would be the place for him to go out. You know, as the king of play. play. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he'll try play and, and I think, yeah, I agree. I think he'll probably bow out. Um, at the end of that tournament but let's move on to the cricket there's a lot that has been happening that and is continuing to um come up in the cricket calendar first of all sa20 your boys at jsk turning it around yeah well i'm busy watching dsg put away pretoria capitals which is a really really big uh, result from a jsk fan point of view because they've actually moved into fourth and after this game they'll be genuinely fourth with all games played so yeah good on the dsg who i mean jeepers can we talk about a team a team that just turned around from last season last season yeah. they were appalling you know it didn't look like they had a culture mm -hmm. a brand you kind of sat there watching lance Luz and john t rose like you know mucking about yeah. in the change room thinking that this team is just not serious and um yeah. they are flying at the moment um so yeah, yeah but jsk last, I mean, last night phenomenal yeah, I mean, all, all, all spearheaded um, from Brietzka, really. Um, yeah. He's just been putting in, he's scoring between uh, like kind of 30 and 70 runs almost every game. I think just giving you that start, not not ever really at 200 plus strike rate, but that mm -hmm. 150 consistently. Their biggest gunman, like supposedly Quinton de Cox, barely scored any runs. Um, but who's really good has been John John Smuts. I think it just shows you like one or two um players to stick out can just kind of um change the season i mean they were really appalling at the end of last season but um look favorites to win it so far yeah look, i think the biggest difference for for dsg is uh, a sharing of the load brisk has been the constant but we've seen cameos you know Heinrich Larsen's had some some great knocks uh we've seen vian mulder the other day with a really good uh, contribution. Mm -hmm. Quinton de Kock's not quite come off, but he's had he's had a half fifty, he's had a fifty, so he's yeah. been there and thereabouts. So there's been cameos, you know, that, that DSG side. Uh he's top he's bowling nicely, you know, um the the two Afghanistan bowler, bowlers have both been pretty solid. Uh so they've yeah, I think they've got a really well rounded side. I do think that Brisk's form has been a big part of that. Um but I think again I think that they've seemed to have got a much better culture, seem to be playing with a bit of freedom. Um, which is which is paying off. Look, I mean, Abrieska just had a phenomenal run out now as well. So you can just see when a player is playing well and then the, the confidence, yeah. they they back themselves yeah. to do, you uh, know, most things. 
So, yeah, I mean, he was in the last T20 squads. People are talking about a call-up. It's not a call-up. He's already in the squad uh, when it comes to yeah. South Africa. But I don't think he would have been this much in terms of the the T20 World Cup plans as he is. I mean, right now you're looking at him and he's sitting there saying, how does he not walk out as one of the openers in the T20 World Cup? You know, mm. um, which would not yeah. have been the, the conversation a month ago. And also, to be fair, he didn't really stick his hand up for the protest, so he needed mm. to kind of back this up. Otherwise, mm. it was whoever this, whoever's next in line. So yeah. at least he's putting up his hand and being like, "Listen, I'm still that guy. I just didn't get it right on the on the big stage." Um, yeah. So he's trying to earn that right. Um, but opposite end of the spectrum, MI Cape Town. We thought that they might be on on track for a good season, but now four losses on the bounce. I mean, they got a little bit stitched up last night um, with yeah, the with, with the rain and. and, and yeah, I mean, they, they got absolutely hammered. But, yeah. you know, not knowing that the rain's coming in, the game being reduced to eight overs, obviously was only ever going to um, kind Look, of benefit JSK. Lewis, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lottery. Look, to be fair, it would have been pretty hectic on JSK if they had a third game washed out. Um, yeah. Not even just from a points yeah. perspective, but, I mean, how do you try and build momentum when you're just, literally just physically not playing cricket? They would have had three games out of eight washed out. Yeah, um, yeah but... I mean, you look at that team, I, I think they are victim to not um, not enough rotation. We've seen a lot of just the same players. I mean, Bretzka hasn't really come off. It seems like they're... Uh, yeah, I mean, Brevis. Brevis um, hasn't really come so off. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is, is Brevis on fraud watch? He... He's absolutely on fraud watch, but he's also 19 years old. So he's only he's a victim of loads of success. Okay, 20, yeah, sorry, is. sorry. Yeah, no, he is. But, but this is a but, shame, poor guy. Because I mean, we know how good he is, and, he, you know, the the head down, you know, he looks like he hits a golf shot because he just keeps that head down and he that hits no, it for six. That, and that, that, no look, actually, that no look six is the most gorgeous, is one of the, one of the best sites in cricket at the moment. Yeah, and it's the, it's the exact same as Stubbs, just like the two best players that look unbelievable when they're doing well, but that isn't coming off enough for them to substan- yeah, like they need to be able to earn I think I think Stubbs had a decent tournament I think he's I'd like to see him come yeah, up early right. I think I, I don't think he's had enough time in the middle I'd like to see him I'm very interested to see where Stubbs settles where he comes he settles into a middle order batsman where they look to try and bring him up the order but I think yeah I think rotation I wouldn't is so even right. mind seeing him open I yeah. think Stubbs could open I think, he's got, I think he's got techniques to do it, to be fair. But I think if you look, look back at MI Cape Town, I think there's two things. I think, first of all, I think you're so right about the rotation. I think there's a lot of players who have failed consistently and haven't been haven't been replaced, like a Brevis, who's come, not come off and continues to be back, which mm. I don't... I mean, obviously, you want to back the youngster, you're going to back him, but you've got to win games. You've got... They've had the two best openers, you know, in the tournament. Rickleton's been scoring stupid yeah. amounts of runs. You know, Rassi van der Dust has been in really good <coughs> forms. And then I yeah. think where DSG have been so good in that Gresk has gotten starts and other people have finished it off, Emma Cape Town's had the exact opposite problem where after the openers go, nobody else is chipping in. No. We haven't seen yeah. Liam Livingston, you know, Liam and, and Livingston final Simmons. Little nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Liam 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 last one had a nice that. cameo, but we haven't seen that really. Yeah. Yeah, Karen. Karen's always going to, for me, be more of a. He's going to be your bowling option who can bat and hit a couple. But, you know, I I think they've just um, been missing that a little bit. And also, just their bowlers have been going for runs. Hey, mm. I mean, KG is obviously KG and he's gun. But Jeepers, he's an expensive um, T20 bowler, and he'll get you maybe two wickets. But he's also going to go for ten, and you must just know that. Like the ball flies off the bat because he's bowling quickly. Um, so maybe just not not quite the 
the right tempo. I mean, they, they aren't down and out, but um, I not think far it's from gonna, it. Yeah, not far from yeah. it. Well, at the end of the day, they're, 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 um, their fate isn't in, their, isn't in their hands. You know, they're sitting here four points behind yeah. JSK. Um, JSK win the next two games, Emma Cape Town go out. It's, it's, it's really as simple as that. Um, you know, you, you play yeah. 10 games and, and Emma Cape Town played eight. JSK have played eight. So JSK play Toy Cap. So Emma Cape Town lose one more there. They're out. JSK win the next two and they're through. So, yeah. I mean, still lots to play for, but yeah, as you said, just hasn't been a, a, great, a great showing from then. Stevie, let's move on to. The two, I mean, if we were sitting here a week ago, a week ago and saying that West Indies would beat Australia in Australia and England were to beat India in India. Just hours later. Would, yeah, I mean, absolutely wild. Let's start on West Indies. Shamar Joseph is just the name and face that so, can't um, take himself off my, off my social media feed. Um, the ex-construction site worker or security guard hadn't um, even even met the West Indian captain Brathwaite until the series began. Goes on to win Player of the Series after winning with figures seven for sixty-three. Walk me through this. So that Shamar Joseph story is is phenomenal, um, and and there's there's a um, a really interesting you know. Uh, because he was found by an analyst, basically, um, and he sort of saw him saw him burning in the nest, kind of as a net burn stuff like that. And he said, "Listen, like back this guy," and he was like playing test cricket within like eighteen months or something silly. So it's been an incredible yeah. sort of story um, to see. First of all, I said how it's come from from nothing to to everything. What it shows you is what the what the West Indies can be. You know, yeah. we know how cricket mad they are. They are, they are India mad. You know, you you you, you see yeah. it. You know, when you when you see uh, the coverage and stuff like that, when you talk to them, it's yeah. their sport. You know, and yeah. we always, we talk about our oh, strong West Indies is good is good for um, cricket, and it is. But it shows you that everything, a little bit maybe like South Africa, everything, all the reasons for their their lack of success and not being as strong, is completely administration related. You know, it has yeah. been all the, the years of, of wage disputes, of contract disputes, of, you know, not accommodating players playing in, you know, other leagues so they can earn money and then yeah. not playing for the nation and stuff like that. This West Indies, I mean, we all, we all knew how good West Indies were back in, you know, the 70s, 80s, your Kirtley Ambrose eras, the Brian Laurie eras, yeah. you know, and just what we saw was a bit of a taste of how good they can be. And it's, it's the team everyone, yeah. it's, the, it's everybody's second team. You know, name, I don't think anybody yeah. in the world, when they're not watching their team, on don't want the West Indies to do well. Yeah. Um, no, and also, agreed, I think that just watching Australia lose is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's 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 up there. Oh, it's my it's my best thing. It's just oh, it makes me so happy. And also, kind of like it kind of pissed me off. Um, I just saw comments from comments and I, I do like comments actually of all the Aussies but kind of uh, just yeah, like he's, he's, he's actually a bit of a problem for me 
because he's yeah he is too likable but now i found a reason to not like him he's kind of just yeah. being like i'm actually quite happy for the west indies it's like no you don't get to be happy be sad yeah, yeah. you know we get to be you happy you, to... you lost yes. you want to hate you yeah, 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 you yeah, lost yeah. don't come here with your hat <laughs> you're an aussie you're not a nice person <laughs> aussie cheetah not a nice person yeah you know all of the above um but yeah, West Indies, yeah, I mean, it's tough because just getting people to play test cricket, we know how talented they can be at T20. They had that insane reign winning back-to-back T20 World Cups, yeah. which kind of saw the demise of their test team, really, um, where all those players once were test playing, um, you know, players, but are, um, kind of left that for the bright lights of the T20 leagues around the world. And mm. you, it's hard to blame them if they're not getting getting paid well by their um kind of countries um cricket board but i i completely agree there's just there's so much raw talent there and i think i think there's a lot to come from this west indies scene they've hit rock bottom they've been they've lost out um on world cup qualification um now like really that test team they went there with Mm. absolutely no hope you know even just the, the the you you expect to see people you have no idea who they are on a West Indies cricket list, which is a shame. And now that one person was Shamar Joseph, who seems to be the name on everyone's list, and mm. hopefully uh, will be a part of the kind of this resurgence. Um, but yeah, phenomenal win, and I'm excited for the ODIs to come. Yeah, I think they turned a bit of a corner. You know, I think you know Darren Sammy, for example, getting involved in the coaching section. We've seen the return of. Um, Andre Russell back into the T20s. I think they do seem to be a bit more open with the board about the reality that that again, you know, a bit like South Africa has to sacrifice a lot for the SA20. We'll talk about the South African New Zealand series. You've got to understand your situation. You've got to understand how mm. you can make things things work. And uh, the reality for them is that they make things work by compromising, allowing their players to play around the world and uh, speaking to them and saying, right, so we'll allow you, you know, we've got this test series, so if you play IPL, but you skip the 100, for example, you know, we can, you know, you can play for West Indies because we can get you here and stuff like that. And again, the board needs to look at that and be very cognizant and say, right, well, we know that we can't have games during the IPL. That's where our players earn, earn their bank. You know, they're now playing SA20, which apparently is one of the best, better paid leagues, you know. So sit there and look at and be proactive and say, right, where are they not going to be available and see how they can formulate a calendar which allows them to pick their best teams um, and remain as competitive as possible. At the end of the day, all of them will be available for World Cups because tournaments don't happen during World Cups, you know. So so try the best to find a way to schedule your international games and find the compromises. So come the World Cup, you've got your best West Indies players playing and, and contending because they do they do contend for world cups i think i think the future of, of of cricket looks a lot more similar to how we see football done in the priority of their leagues over their countries mm. um and that's just where the money's at and yeah. where the money's at the players will go they have a short career maybe 10 years 15 if you if you're lucky um and you need to cash in on that and they have every right to um and as you said, I think, um, well, let, let's let's um, transition that into kind of South Africa, um, New Zealand, who are starting this Sunday. Do you think it's the right decision to have um, A, planned this series over the same time and B, allowed um, all the national players to um, go to the SA20? 
So we all kind of got the idea that, you know, it just was one of those things which you couldn't control. Um, and then Shooky Conrad, <laughs> um, I can't remember the exact word he used. I don't, I don't think he's went as far as bullshit, but basically said that somebody made a balls up. I think that was the official <laughs> term of the schedule, which suddenly <laughs> means that, oh, so actually this was actually a scheduling error. Not um, so I yes. think that shock and horror, CSA effed up again, you know. Yeah. Who would have thought? Uh, in fact, I've actually yeah. <laughs> one of the things I've tabled to watch is that um, Betway have released a podcast and uh, uh, Dean Elgar was on it and he talked about how he's not done with cricket, he's done with the bullshit of international cricket and uh, talks a bit about the mess of what he had to go through whilst captain the side with yeah. CSA. Um, so I yeah. think a lot's been and laid to bear. And, and, and I mean, when you've got our, our CEO... Um, you know, last year when he unveiled the coaches, or the year before when he lost the uh, the, the coaches, um, mm. and you had Maseki Opaletsi talking about, and he was asked, you know, what about, you know, you've got this test coach, but we're not playing any test cricket. And he says, but if you actually look at the calendar, we do play a lot of test cricket. And everyone sat there saying, how do you sit there in your position and lie yeah. to people and just lie yeah. to the media and say, we prioritize test cricket, we've, we've planned a lot of it. And you sit there saying, no, you know that oh. you've stuffed it up. Um, so I feel sorry for the players, obviously. Um, I'll tell you I feel sorry for the most are the players who currently sit in New Zealand who people will not consider international players and will not consider them genuine proteas because of the circumstances in which they, they find themselves. Um, what I will say is that they have got some of the, one of the greatest opportunities in creating history to create one of the coolest stories ever. Yeah, you know, we're talking about no. like players who could be could, some of them could be considered at yeah. the top, yeah. at the yeah. top yeah. hundred yeah. best players in the country. Yeah, playing yeah. test cricket. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, just to touch on CSA because it really makes my blood boil. But there's nothing more saddening than seeing a 28 year old KG Rabada in the peak of his powers, playing playing four test matches a year. I mean, that's not even a series if you play in an Ashes. It's not yeah. even a series. You, this guy would be breaking every single record known to um, mankind in the arena of Test cricket if he just had the platform to. And as you said, I, I'm not sure if you've read the Faf, um, Faf Dubassi's it's, book. It's sitting on my, on, my, on my bookcase, that, and, and that's where as soon, oh. as soon as life calms down, it is the first thing I'm going to read. Yeah, take take some calming tablets, Stevie, because it's it's also it's it's more of the same, and it, it's just it tells you everything that you didn't want to believe, but and now you will. But yeah, let, as you said, New Zealand, South Africa, starting this Sunday, um, amazing platform, and and, mm. and they started off strong. We saw in the the yeah. warm up game a lot of a lot of forties um, and fifties, and and um, a lot of these batsmen being retired. Um, I saw Dane Patterson in the wickets, um, so I'm, I'm interested to see who they actually go with. Whether it, I mean, yeah. obviously we've got a debutant for our captain, but yeah, there's there our players. Mo a lot of those players, we could have at least seven previously capped proteas. Well, I think you've got two batsmen there um, who, first of all, have played Test cricket. Uh, one very new, and one is sort of come back to the fore after a bit of a ban. Um, a very unfortunate and silly situation, if you ask me. But um, I think you've generally got players there who um, can win your test match. Uh, that really excites And I know it's New Zealand, and New Zealand are a quality side. And 
So to even suggest that that's not that that could be a thing is is silly. Mm. But I mean, Edward Moore, I've been saying is a potential test opener for years. Um, I wanted him to be given an opportunity even before when when Ed Markham was dropped and we looked at a new test opener. I sat there saying Eddie Moore has to be one of the options. They didn't go with him at the time. Randolph and Tonda had a season a few seasons ago where he was averaging, he was, I think he made about two 200s. Um, he was the talk of the town to come in at three. Uh, I'm a massive Zabaya Hamza fan. You know, I, I think that Eddie, he's... After, after his ban. Well, he did take like his parents, his mother's like slimming pills and ICC came out <laughs> and said, we acknowledge they did nothing wrong, but he's banned for a year. And yeah. you're going... But, Guys, it wasn't I mean, like he was shooting the, steroids. He has, he has quality technique. Yes. Um, no, he's, well, he's, he's, he's born to be a test player. You know? Yeah. No. They, and, and, and it's actually great. It's, it's quite refreshing to see because it seems like it's at 20 and everyone's just a, a T20 now play, player nowadays. But there's talent in that squad that, that are capable of making that step up. I do think that that our big issue is our domestic scene isn't competitive enough where that step mm. up and and it's why it's, our batting me, is so shallow because we, we brought up like you know four new batsmen at a time and expecting all mm. of them to come off like no none of them are going to come off there you need to bread these players in um but when they get going there's so much potential there so i, I think this is this is incredibly exciting it's, it's a point in south african cricket where almost all of the old guard is gone That's now right. it's a fresh fresh based team you know it's those batting positions it's anyone's game it's really also, anyone's game it's not it's not like it's a young team so you know yes a lot of these guys don't have international experience but if you're going to call sean van berg inexperienced as a cricketer yeah you know you, you're just wrong He's if you're going to call the likes of a of a neil brandt you know inexperienced keen peterson yeah. is, is a season test player yeah you know mm. he's, so it's an interesting situation because you know I think David Benningham is is going to be in the test team for a long time. I think I think he's he's phenomenal. I think he's been he's been overdue a test caps. Uh, yes, yeah. I worry about our bowling. I think that's probably where I think that we're really going to struggle. Um, you know, Dwayne Olafia is not the Dwayne mm-hmm. Olafia we knew. Dane Patterson is has had his years and has, look he's got four wickets this match, so it's difficult to go after yeah. him. But he's not X Factor. Um, Tip yeah. Rick, he's the only one I think he's got pace to, 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 to brag about um, but I think he's still very raw and still sort of coming through so I think that our bowling yeah. you know worries me that but that t- conversation about our domestic cricket is such an interesting one because we all talk about the fact that our domestic cricket is so weak um, because you've got all these guys that, that bang runs and they come to the international stage and then they struggle and I get and I, and I back the chat because it, it kind of is the case and yet please tell me the last time a bowler came up from the, the domestic setup and struggled at, at test cricket true no we, we, you're absolutely right it's it's i mean maybe they're full of so much so much confidence but yeah our, our, we have just had such a um rich history of of, of bowlers in south africa and we continue mm. to produce it's like you know you couldn't imagine a world where Anrik nokia misses a world cup and you don't miss him that much you know yeah. and and that was the case and even just in the last year and a half and you know we've had um that the classic kind of Micaiah, Dale, um, even going back as far as Polly, Mornay Morkel, you know, the, these are like generational players and we didn't really, we haven't actually really at any point struggled to fill them. You know, obviously mm-hmm. KG's been the constant there, but Lungi's been, been phenomenal. Um, Dwayne, Anrich, um, obviously Janssen more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with the Gerald Kutsias and Nandre Burgers. 
So there's there's a lot of talent and there's always talent coming through. There's always it's kind of like who's the next best in the town. We kind of just yeah. A we need some we we need some confident batters, but B we need an all rounder. But so I, I I'm excited I'm excited for the for the series though. Yeah, well, I just think it's it's players who've got nothing to lose, everything to gain, you know. And you know, go write stuff into history. Go and go and take it. You know, as a buyer hands that goes and scores 150 runs, you know, gives us puts us contention to win a test match. I mean, these guys come back with a drawn test match for example, a drawn test series. They go and find somehow flick their way to a win, and keep us alive in the World Test series. You know, imagine what that does for South African cricket. To be called, to be told that you're disrespecting the test game, and then for a bunch of over the hill, young, non, you know, f- mate, you know, non, 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 superstar players to go over there and get mm-hmm. a job done could could be phenomenal. I don't think yeah. it will happen. I think we're all kind of very aware of the the unrealisticness of it. Um, but as, as I said, there are players there. There are at least three to four players I see in that bang line who I think are all capable of of scoring an international test hundred. And you know, somebody somebody does score an international test hundred. And there's enough sport around them, and you get yourself to three hundred runs. It's difficult to lose test matches from those positions. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually think, I think we're going to draw it. I think we're going to go one-one. I think we're going to get, I think we're going to narrowly win one, and then we're going to get absolutely yeah. battered. Um, well, the, the other, last time we were in New Zealand, uh, we got absolutely hammered, and everybody panicked, and then the next one, um, Sol Irvi and Carverain scored hit centuries, and we won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent, and that was also about as thin as our batting's ever looked and i mean leaving with a draw in that series was was a good result um because of how i think you know that was probably the worst the protests have looked um mm. a, a, at all um really that and probably the following england series but yeah I, I think we can get out of there if we get out of there with a draw a draw is a win like let's face it a draw is yeah. a win um Correct. away from home none of your star players um but yeah, really, really excited. I mean, just watching Test cricket, it's not the originals, but I just get so excited. Yeah, and I think maybe there's a certain amount of, you can almost get excited because it's not the originals. You know, it's not about, I'm going to watch to see if Kay's going to get yeah. some wickets. It's every single time a new batsman comes out, it's like, oh, here we go. You know, this is him on debut. Oh, here we go. Yeah. This is him back after how many years? You know, yeah. I think only one player in that yeah. entire 11 has played Test cricket in the last 11 months. Or 12, 12, 12, 13 months, something stupid. Which is getting it. Yeah. 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 And, and Kiki yeah. Peterson. So there's two, two. But then Peterson was dropped from the test squad. So, you know, yeah. opportunity for him to no. sort of work his way back in. So I, I, I love the fact that there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And I think Shukri Conrad will be out there saying, giving him the same talk, saying, everyone's written you off. It's up to you to, to prove them wrong. Um, and I think he'll also be backing them to sit there and say, we back your ability. You go out and show us why we've we've given you this opportunity and why you deserve to be called a test player. I mean, you can call this guy this side a, a C D E F team. Go and try and tell one of them if they do score a century that that's not a real test entry. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The history books are writing themselves. Um. Yeah. I mean, all the best to the protests. We we hope that you know it is something that comes back and everyone's going to be equally well we hope that next time we're recording this that the game's still going on it didn't finish in day two fact well it's it's not it hopefully won't be a part-time groundsman so um, mm, yeah. they're paying them in new zealand um but quickly let's touch on the the england india versus england game i mean wow what i mean we were just treated to another amazing test match ollie pope 196 runs Someone who I thought Test career was kind of finished maybe two mm. years ago, 
Then Tom Hartley, nine wickets in the match, seven for 62, and the final wicket to win um, the Test match by 26 runs, I believe. I mean, to win in India, in India, is just special, isn't it? Yeah, and... I've been. I find this. I mean, I find. I find this England team pretty hard to to support, given the whole baseball, the whole. You know, it's not about the result. You find them hard to support. I do. I, I do. I think. I think they've got this whole rhetoric that they are saving single-handedly saving Test cricket, and that you know all the decisions they make. You know, and they're playing this brand which is going to save Test cricket, and they're just these trailblazing, you know, phenomenal <laughs> team. And it's about it's about entertaining and not about results. And I'm like, you guys got absolutely hammered by the Ashes, and you guys were never in contention. You know, so <laughs> no, I do. I, I do. I don't. I don't buy the whole. Well, I, the whole the, it's like when CSA post made that social media post and it said we don't judge our success on the results, but the people we brought along the journey. You're like bullshit. This is a results-driven thing. So now, <laughs> now they can stand up and be like, "Well, look at us." But yeah, previously, previously, I wasn't buying into the hype. I I disagree. I've never found an England team more likable, and a hundred percent, they're up there on ours, but. England are always going to be up their own ass, you know, they're, and they're going to love themselves and be, you know, very self-righteous about it. But at the end of the day, it's the most exciting test cricket team to watch. Do you not agree? I think, I mean, I love, I love McCullum. I, I, I love Ben Stokes. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of players there that aren't very likable, sure. But the product that they're putting on there, but like Nikurios, like you hate to love them, but I, I kind of love them. I, I, whenever the Ashes comes around, I never know who to support. And in the last two, two years, it's been, without a doubt, England. Because I, I do think, I like, agreed, sure, the, you can't just say we're playing, you know, for the start of cricket, not the results. But they're getting results. They beat India in India. Obviously, they need to go and now show a result in Australia. But there's belief that it can happen, which is a far way away from the 5 or 4 nil loss that they took to Australia last time. Um, can you can you can you can you send me the baseball PR guide when you when you finish this podcast <laughs> that you've obviously got lying if around? I was getting if I was getting paid I mean, in, I guess I'm in England, so so yeah. maybe, maybe there's a so little, you, little yeah, you all, yeah, you see, you've been you've been subject to the propaganda. You've been subliminally been told that you've you've been brainwashed to believe in this. This this is the savior of Test cricket. I do. I tell you, what my big prediction is: I think they can hammer the next Test. I I, I agree. I mean, yeah. Just to just to cover what I, just to go almost across everything I've just said. I think they still lose the series three one, <laughs> yeah. and probably quite substantially as well. <laughs> but I think the only way they they win it is the way that they play. I mean, it it did it, a little part of me died when I saw Ali Pope on one hundred and ninety six and try reverse scoop. Well, that's the best. the best ball, you know. You've got to embrace it. If, you, if you're going to get behind, that's how they're going to win. Then you have to get embrace the fact that he chucked to two hundred because he decided to play <laughs> a baseball shot. But. I mean, the, the fact that he was on 196 he wouldn't have been there without baseball itself. So it, it, it comes with its, you know, I, I'm quite a traditionalist and I love test cricket and was last the full days. Bloody bat at like a 30% at a 30 strike rate, you know. Like, I'm so happy for you to do that. And I love, I love watching that and every bit of it. But there's something so exciting about that. It's just, you know what I think it is? It's the English media that can't handle themselves. Like mm. I, I think this team could be de- actually likable, but it's just the media, you, the the way they speak about themselves, and yeah, and also like, I mean, oh. you always going to be quite contentious when you got Ben Stokes as captain. 
Um, he is yeah. a contentious pers personality. Um, yeah. Obviously, had a very but, weird few years as well for him. So, so, and he's he's quite yeah. an in your face type type personality. I do think he's doing a lot to try and win favor uh, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, because you look at that side, and I, I mean, you think of like old England sides, and, and, and if you go back 10, 10, 15 years ago, England sides were very easy to dislike. When Jimmy Anderson rocked up with his red hair, you had Stuart Broad, you had Freddie Flintoff, mm. you had yeah. KP playing, so that was to like burn us. Yeah. You had, you oh. know, you had, you, uh, Alistair Cook was like one of the only like likable players like, in that side. There were so many players you could yes. really not, not like. Strauss, you know, I mean, he's denied Smith the runner, and he's just like, there was lots of people you couldn't like. This team, Look, I don't think they've got quite the same personality that did a few years, uh, many years ago. So maybe that's been a part of the success. I don't think there are a lot of egos um, in in that side. Um, so I think maybe that's that's been a big big part of it. Um, I, I like to see. I'm, I'm glad to see Ben Duckett scoring some runs. I quite like watching him bat. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he just refuses to leave a ball. I don't yeah. think he's left a ball in Test cricket. He might he might break the record for the only ever person not to leave a ball in Test cricket. So I, th yeah, I, think, I think he's underperforming, but I'm also quite glad Zach Crawley is not scoring runs because it makes me, yeah, because, yeah, when when, when when he scored that, like all those runs against us, I think it continues to be awful. And then all of a sudden, basketball comes across and he says, suddenly this test, test, test phenom. So he's got such a strange career, though. Um, he's got such a strange career, but also a, a guy who would only ever suit the basketball system. Nicks off yes. far too much, and he's, uh, like, and he's the only, only coach in the world with. Tell him, a player that's nicking off that much to throw, throw the hands harder. The, the definition know? of well, if you're gonna go, to go hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, Literally. none of this. Try and play cricket shot. Just, just swing, dude. You know, you've got a better yeah. chance. He basically is like, you, you know, you've got a better chance of milling it than edging it because that's kind of the bat, the batsman you are. Um, yeah. I think the biggest, the most significant thing about this result is two Joe Root failures. You know, the, 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 one of the best England batsmen of all time. A 29 and a 2 not contributing and still getting you know a victory uh, and and what a, and what a what a moment for for england spinning in general uh well mm -hmm. but look joey did take four wickets so not so much to say he didn't contribute across the match but just without the bat but to see mark wood as the only seamer obviously that's a bizarre concept and uh With i mean no england, getting, england getting 20 uh well to, i think it was one or two run outs but getting what 17 18 um Wickets yeah. by, by spin. It's bizarre. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And apparently Mark Wood might not even play the next game. So could see an all-out spin attack from England. I mean, it's um, a concept, isn't it? When you think that Jasper Boomer took four, for example, um, and mm. was, was and, and two in the first inning, so, so did a job as a seamer. Yeah, we, we are talking about Jasper Boomer. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, we are talking about one of the best. It's like a, it's a KG Um yeah. But he sort of showed that you can take wits as a team against a side which is traditionally better than seam, and yet an Indian side. I mean, they must be feeling pretty bad about themselves to think that they've just been absolutely masterclassed by spin. Yeah. By an English their team. Next big, yeah, their next biggest game is the World Cup final, and it's back-to-back -back flops for them. But yeah, I, I, I think they'll bounce back. Um, Coley, Coley will be back for the second bit of the series as mm -hmm. well. Um, I think I think they they'll clean up. But Stevie, we've been keeping our, our listeners waiting with bated breath for our predictions on the on the Six Nations. So let's, Which let's is really wrap funny up. when you think that I've got the worst prediction record probably in the world. In fact, I'm actually about to retire from Superbrew once again because I've realised why I should never have done it in the first place. 
Well, you know why I was bad, Stevie, because you didn't have a podcast yet. So I think this is yeah, the okay. this is the revolution. Well, for my sake, I hope it isn't. But we'll we'll keep a tally of this as we go. We'll have we'll have um, week on week winners. Um, this week being the first one, we didn't um, do it in our in our first episode. But how about we'll, we'll alternate? I think you had first pick last time, so I'm going to go this time. Um, and I'm going to go um, for the first game on Friday night eight. Um, 8 o'clock my time, um, UK time, and, and um, 10 o'clock South African before time. You go, before you go to match predictions, I think I think we should both just give our winners, wooden spoon, MVPs. Okay. And then okay. we can revisit that at the end of the, tor- end of the tournament. Okay. So I'm going to go, we're going to win in France. You're yep. going to win in Ireland. Yeah. Okay, you or you in first with that, so I'm going to go wooden, wooden spoon first. I'm taking Italy. Yeah, I'll take Italy as well. I think there could be an upset for them, but I don't see them getting two. Um, um, and then the best player, I'm going to go Thomas Ramos. I like that shot. I like that shot. Um, I'm going to back my goats and go Finn Russell. Okay. Wild. So Scotland may be in second then. I just, I think that last year, I watched, I've watched in the last couple of years and somebody was saying, oh, and, and I think, oh, I think it was Rizzo on, on the group talking about how he's such an overrated fly-off. And I was like, it just, just watch him over the last 18 months. Since he's come back to that Scotland squad, he has been like dragging them through results. Even during the World Cup, you look at his performance yeah. against And look South how well Africa. Boston is doing now. Yeah, but you look at his results, his performance against South Africa. In a losing performance, he was sensational. You look at his performance against France, even when Scotland, I'm um, not France, um, um, what's France? France? No, what, in the, in the World Cup. Um, no, Ireland. Ireland. Island, and he was like a different level as well, you know. As he's he's world class, and I think if you play for any other team in the world, if you play for New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland, I think he'd be a world cup winner, yeah. You know, uh, so I, I think I think he's got a big chance of, of really turning up this this, uh, this 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 six nations. Um, okay, so those are our tournament predictions. Let's go to this week, and that, that'll be for the for this will be for now for the uh, weekly. Running one, so I'm going to start with the France win. I'm going to go by. Um, fr- shall we go points as well? Yeah, I'm not going to exact yeah. points. I'm just going to go by 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 margin. Yeah. I suppose. I'm going to yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go France by three. Yeah, see, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Ireland by six. By six, okay, nine point swing there. Italy, England, Saturday first kickoff. Um, Italy in Italy. I'm going to go England by four. Yeah, I see. I'm also going pretty close. I think I think Italy will be difficult to beat, and I think England will be rusty. Um, and I think uh, somebody was saying the other day, and I completely agree with him. They missed the time where going to play against Italy wasn't fun. A bit like when you yeah. play against you know, the Georgians or, or when you play against the Tongans and Samoans, and your chances are you beat them, but it's not mm-hmm. a fun game. It's uncomfortable, you know. And, yeah. and, I, and I think and I think that this Italian team can make themselves uncomfortable. So yeah. I'll go England by. Three make it even closer because I don't think it's boring to do the same prediction. But I do think I agree with you. I do think it's going to be. I'm hoping it's going to be a close game. Right. Um, it's like it's like back when back when Nick Mallet was um, was the coach, you know, yeah. really like grinding out results. He, I mean, he had. A, I think he went within like like ten points of a of an All Black team, and that's between 2007 and like 11. You know, that, yeah. that is a quality All Blacks team. Okay, so you've said Italy by 11 or England by 11. England by three. Oh, sorry, England by three. Sorry, I misheard three, that. Yeah. No, okay, so anything, so anything more? I take that. Okay, Wales, Scotland. 
Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, you is it me or you to go? No, I went well, first, and not row, you. So it's, so it's me. No, yeah. So I'm going Scotland bar ten. Okay, I'll go Scotland um, by seven. Okay, so we'll lock those in. We'll keep that running. Um, we'll go week on week, and then we'll we'll have at least one betting segment at the at the end that we'll we'll, we'll keep a tally on. So currently. Zero v zero, Stevie vs Dan. Um, but Stevie, thank you for the episode. We've been rambling on for far too long. Um, Correct. So street. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> stick around. And, and, please, and please try to get a social life. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's in the air. It's in the air on the way to work. We've got hard little nine go. five um, listening in here. Um, but thank you very much, Stevie. As we said in the beginning of the episode, it happens when there's too much sport to watch. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, correct. Correct. It's been fun, though. But yeah, thank you, um, everyone, for listening. Please um, hit a like and subscribe. And if you have a name for the podcast that shall not be named, please yeah. do tell us. Give us some inspo. Please. please um, somebody drop some bars. Drop some bars and tell us what you want to listen to. More of, less of, um, we're all ears. Um, yeah, we, we're going to be here. Um, every week whether you like it or not so you may as well ask us to say stuff you want to listen to correct correct this is your podcast for the people for the people <laughs> thank you very much Stevie um, and we will be back for episode 3 next week <laughs>